0: Backpackers, travellers, and globetrotters from all around the world, welcome back to another episode of the Itchy Feet podcast by Nomad Coops. Today, we're going to make our way out to the heavily religious country of Israel. We're going to be joined by a very special guest, as always. Today, it's Zeke, or as he's known on the DJ circuit as I'm Zeke. Why is he so special? Because he's actually the one who's put together our little theme tune for the Itchy Feet podcast, He made his way out to Israel, being a Jewish New Yorker, to go and explore his faith's background and also the culture around the country itself. So sit back while me and Zeke have a chat and discuss all there is to know, explore and experience in the beautiful country of Israel. Welcome to the show, Zeke. It's been a long time, brother.
1: Yeah, it's been a minute. Good afternoon, good night. Whatever
0: it is. You're in Cambodia at the moment, right?
1: Siem Reap, Cambodia. Yeah. Stuck here because of the virus.
0: People have been hearing your work. Anyone who's listened to the show before have heard a touch of Zeke's genius. Zeke's a DJ. He's been DJing all around the world and he was kind enough to lend us his ears for the theme song of this particular podcast.
1: Uh, Yeah, I actually forgot. (laughs) You would.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to head out to Israel. What took you out there in the first place, man?
1: I was brought up in New York and I was brought up Jewish. So most of my friends, like super super religious Jewish, a lot of their families either are from there or they go visit there maybe once or twice a year even. And then I have a bunch of friends that were in the IDF for I think it was like three or four years.
0: That's the Israel Defense Force, is that right?
1: Yeah. So I've always had like a certain connection to it. I can read Hebrew. I can't actually translate it. But yeah, I think it was about five years ago I was living in Thailand on PP where we met and it was the Jewish holiday of Sukkot. That's basically a holiday around the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And I heard some of my friends from New York are there and I needed to do a visa run. So I thought, why not just fly out over there? Landed in Tel Aviv, met some random Israelis that also happened to be coming from Thailand. And they gave me a ride to the bus station. They're like, okay. My initial thoughts, because I had friends that went to school in Svart, absolutely beautiful. It's a big mountain city where the houses are all stacked up on each other. There's pretty much one main road that goes all the way out. It's a very secluded area. I didn't see many tourists. You probably wouldn't hear about it if you're not.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I went out there in 2019 and I've never heard of it, nor heard of anyone going out to Svart.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much all Jewish and it's right near the border.
0: Did you ever have the interest in doing birthright instead of doing it on your own?
1: I was considering it when I was about 17 to go on the 18-year-old trip, but then I went to Thailand and then I didn't want to have to fly back to America to get a plane and then go on an organized tour. I preferred to my traveling, you know, just wing it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So birthright, just to summarize it for people that don't know, it's basically like an organized tour for Jewish people to head across to Israel, yeah?
1: Yeah. It's not just America it's also some european countries it might even be australia and new zealand they i'm sure they have some sort of connection for that
0: the primary point of it is to teach people a bit more about like the origins of
1: their heritage see the country of their people it's also a way to get more people to like oh i really like this country so maybe i'll go to school here for university or something or maybe even join the army
0: sort of bring the people back
1: yeah something like that yeah, But obviously it's not used just to recruit troops. That, let's not get that <laughs> wrong.
0: <laughs> oh, gee, brother. When I went out there, I went out there on my own and had no understanding of Hebrew or the culture really at all. I was going out there very, very on a whim. The airport's pretty much halfway between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. So you can either fly in and you can go straight to Tel Aviv or you can go straight to Jerusalem bus is super cheap about an hour yeah but jerusalem itself blew me away like all the history in the old city there was unreal like i'm not a religious person i was never brought up
1: of so many different cultures as well not just specifically jewish christian muslim
0: yeah Like, even, like, the Armenians as well, like, it was fascinating to hear and see all these stories that, you know, I'd heard through, like, the past and what people had told about the Bible and the Quran and all these different stories throughout. But to actually walk around and see these places that are mentioned was, I thought it was stunning.
1: To see it in person and you feel the energy of the place, whether you're religious or not.
0: Absolutely man like I did a walking tour out there and if I can suggest it to anyone I suggest them all the time but doing a, a city tour of Jerusalem to me is an absolute must because that's what really showed me how important Jerusalem was to the world and how it's always played such a big part in the world. Even in like medieval history, as well as yeah, like the history, crusades. Yeah, the crusades. It Are, blew me away, and and still to this day is one of my favorite cities I've been to because of the stories that run through there.
1: Right. For a lot of religions, it's like the center of their whole beliefs and everything. The Temple Mount, mm. the most important part of land for Muslims and Jews. Yeah. It's
0: interesting when you think about the disconnect between the religions that we sort of hear all through the news and stuff like that. But then you can go to a place like Jerusalem's old city where you have four quarters of completely different religions, but living together in this old city for so many centuries. It baffles me and it really shows that sometimes it takes a bit of research to understand what's actually going on and not just what you read in media and all that and to actually get a feel yeah. for it.
1: The media will... Pretty much with any country you're going to go to, you're going to hear a lot of bad stuff, a lot of good stuff. But it's one of those places you have to go to see that it's not as bad as it's portrayed.
0: Yeah, just to round off a couple of things that I think were really fascinating for me. The Temple Mount, like you said, is unreal. I believe you can only go in there on a Monday. I was lucky enough to walk in on that day. So I was actually able to go there and check out the outside of the Temple Mount. Naturally, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, uh, Jesus' tomb, is... I mean, you hear all the stories, you see all the paintings, and yeah. whether you're religious or not, to go into a place like that... I was there over Easter, so it was really, really busy. But to go there was fantastic. And the other one that really yeah. grabbed me was the tomb of the Virgin Mary. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Went to the Western Wall, obviously.
0: The Western Wall was probably the most famous part of Israel, yeah. I would say. When you think if about you think photos about... taken...
1: It's a part of the Holy Temple where I think the English terminology is the Ark of Covenant with the two angels on the sides and then a box in the middle. And that's where the Kohanim, which is pretty much the high priest, only one of them was allowed to go into there, I think, once a year on Yom Kippur. And if he wasn't 110% believing in god doing everything right not having any any sins on his belt he would be able to make it out but from what i remember of when i when i did the jewish studies they used to tie a rope around him and then he would walk in and if he didn't come out after a certain amount of time they'd have to pull him out yeah and that's where they also had the sacrifices to god like animals
0: so the Western Wall itself is basically one of the most religious sectors of the Jewish world. hundred yeah?
1: percent. For them the temple was the closest that they could get like could feel God.
0: Yeah. I thought that was unreal because you see the videos of people praying to the wall and you know, leaving notes all and stuff like that
1: and a lot of them crying even.
0: Yep. One thing that I did really like about Jerusalem was getting out of the old city as well. The Mount of Olives up there at the Holocaust Memorial, that's one of the best sunsets I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, because I think the timing of the year was probably perfect as well.
1: Oh, so you would have been there during Passover then?
0: I was there during Passover, yeah. So the sun's going down. You've got the call to prayer coming from the minarets of the mosques. And you're standing on a mountain overlooking the whole city with these gorgeous colors coming over the top with the sounds of Jerusalem coming through. It wasn't just a sunset for the eyes. It was a sunset for the ears as well. Like to actually feel the place was, again, Jerusalem is a place you have to feel. It's, it really, it's, it's, it's an emotional way. place. Yeah. I stayed outside of the old city. I stayed in a place called right. Stays In. It was quite good. There's also the Abraham Hostels all there as well. They're always in good locations, the Abrahams. The Abrahams are probably the ones that I would say to go to because they're always well-organized. Cool. Did you get out to the food markets there?
1: Oh, yeah. I've, I went shopping there a lot of times. I love I love cooking. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh,
0: they had some seriously good food out there.
1: <laughs> you can get literally anything, fresh cheeses, milks, vegetables, meat, fish. Yeah. That's if you want to cook. But yeah, obviously, even- you have street food vendors with the falafel. Oh.
0: Yes, the falafel, dude. The, I think mm. it's I don't know if I'm saying it right, but the Mahane Yehuda.
1: Machane Yehuda.
0: That's the one. That market is phenomenal. Got to the
1: street.
0: Oh. Machane Yehuda.
1: Yeah, there you go. You're a good guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'll take that.
1: <laughs> there's like the food market, and then right next to it, there's just one long road filled with bars. People just sit outside. They smoke shisha. One drink you should try is called arak.
0: Uh, Iraq,
1: yeah. It tastes like black licorice. I think the closest you could like say Uzo. It tastes Uzo is a dangerous game.
0: Yeah. I mean they're all anything that tastes like licorice to me is it's black Sam Booker or it's Uzo or it's a rock. They don't see It's it.
1: good. It'll it'll do the job. It'll definitely do the job. <laughs>
0: First stop when I got into Israel, like I said, was Jerusalem, and the first stop in Jerusalem was the markets for food uh, and it was in the middle of Passover, so unfortunately there wasn't much open oh
1: yeah i was I was going to mention that you you must have missed out on a lot because yeah. of that
0: yeah, it's one of those things for anyone listening pretty much you've got two sides of Passover. if you want to get right into the religious side of it, then you know Passover' is a great time to be there. if you want to get into everything else, it's not
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically, Passover is celebrating when the Jews escaped Egypt. We celebrate it every year. And one of the things we eat on Passover, it's called matzah. It's a very, very thin flatbread. And the story goes that on the way out, they had to quickly cook and leave. So they didn't have time to make full fresh loaves. So they just had these tiny little cracker-like things. And during the time of Passover, there's a lot of dietary restrictions, such as you can't eat leavened bread, as in you can't eat regular loaf of bread like a baguette or something. You can't even have water touch the matzah just in case it leavens a little bit. I don't know if that's the word, but you yeah, get yeah. My, you so Yeah,
0: basically like in case it rises and starts to become more of a bread rather than that sort of cracker. Yeah, goodness. exactly.
1: And they have this thing called the Passover Seder where you all sit around, you read about the story of Passover, you drink four cups of wine, which I'm sure most people will enjoy that. <laughs> then you have, I'm having some wine right now, just thinking about that. And then you have a little tray that's filled with different things. Um, There's horseradish, there's egg, there's a little piece of meat. Uh, Some people use romaine lettuce. And another thing called chorosis, which is like fruit that's like mushed up, very sweet. You dip your matzah in it. So if if you come to Israel during the Passover time, especially if you're going into the religious Jewish areas, you're not gonna find much food that you would expect to see when you're coming to Israel.
0: Dude, I showed up the day of Passover. Like It began the day I showed up.
1: I had seven
0: days. I I went in there, so I've landed in Jerusalem. I'm like, sweet, new country. Let's explore this new culture. This is going to be sick. They've got fantastic food. Let's smash some falafel. Let's get some hummus. Let's make this happen. And I go down the street, and nothing is open. Yeah, if you can avoid Passover if you're going there for food, uh, probably for the best, but I mean, Passover is another side of the culture. Itself. You're seeing the culture. Yeah, absolutely. You're,
1: you're seeing it in full effect as well. On the topic of when not to go, when, if you want to do stuff, don't go during the high holidays, such as Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur specifically. If, we, if you thought it was a ghost town during Passover, it's absolutely empty. You can just walk down the freeway. There's nothing open.
0: Yeah.
1: There's no, there's no buses. There's no cars. So what I did during that time, I went over and I, I visited a friend that was actually in the army at the time. So me and him would walk down the street. He'd, he'd be carrying his AK-47 or Uzi, whatever gun it was. We'd just walk into the store when, when everything was open and he'd literally just have his gun slung on his back.
0: That was one was thing a, that
1: took some getting used
0: to. It's literally everywhere, especially in Jerusalem. The army, are a big presence. And it doesn't feel dangerous. I, I never felt like I was in any sort of danger or anything, but it's something that does take getting used to, especially because they do have national service. There's so many yeah. young people that are literally got machine guns slung off their shoulders. And it's like people that are my niece or nephew's age that are walking around in army fatigues and a machine gun and I'm like, Holy yeah, all right, okay.
1: This it's is a big dog
0: yeah yeah it, it took a bit of getting used to but again as i said it didn't make me feel unsafe yeah. it, it, it didn't make me feel like i was in a war zone or anything but that's the other thing too i think going into israel you always hear about the dangers of israel and i don't i'm not saying that it's the safest place in the world it really,
1: it really depends on the area that you're in yeah obviously as, as any smart tourist just don't go to a dangerous area unless yeah. you're looking for that yourself
0: yeah Before we move on past Jerusalem, I just want to touch on one of the things I thought was really cool that, uh, I mean, I I wanted to go out to Palestine. I went out to Bethlehem, which, I mean, super touristy in terms of like, it's the tourist thing to do. Everyone knows that's where where Jesus was said to be born. And and I thought I'll take a, a walk through there. And to be honest, I had such a nice time there. It was really chilled out. It was really relaxed. The people there were lovely. Definitely worth a little day trip out there. I was always worried about, again, that safety aspect, like crossing the border into Palestine. Would that be safe? But I never had any issues out there. Everyone was so nice. Uh, I did a day trip out there with an organized tour group, so it was fine. But even then, I've had people that I've spoken to that have done it on their own and spent a bit of time in Palestine there. It's fantastic to hear the two separate sides, of course, You know, if you can delve into it. But again, I was sort of in a situation where I didn't really want to go too far into it without a sort of safety net, if that makes sense. But yeah, if people are interested in doing it, definitely go and check it out. You can walk down Star Street, as they call it, where the wise men had to walk to get to Jesus himself. And then once you're done, you can head straight back into Jerusalem. Yeah, exactly. All right, so getting between the cities, I found it to be super easy, relatively cheap-ish. One thing I did find with the country itself is it's, it's quite a small proximity to get across, especially when you're going Jerusalem back to Tel Aviv.
1: So yeah, getting on the on the buses, I think maybe that from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, I think it's like $10 yeah. about. Yeah. When you are taking the buses, you do have to be mindful that if there are religious Jews, try not to sit next to a woman just because there's laws against touching or even speaking to a religious uh, woman.
0: Is that like a nun?
1: No, no, just any, any religious Jew. W- women and really? men aren't supposed to, yeah.
0: Well, there you go. That's, I had no idea about that. So it's sort of like, they've basically got like the Buddhist monk sort of thing going on.
1: Similar. I, I guess the easiest thing you can compare it to is, is like Muslim ladies. You, you, they cover their hair. Yeah. They dress very modestly.
0: Well, I'm lucky but that other, I was traveling with someone, so I didn't make that mistake.
1: <laughs> one so, thing you should know, don't try to shake a religious lady's hand if you're a male. All right. Because it'll just end in an awkward. Um, sorry.
0: All right. Let's go down to Tel Aviv then. I only spent a short amount of time in Tel Aviv. And to be honest, again, it was in the middle of Passover. So there wasn't a whole lot happening. Um, yeah. But I did a Jafar walking tour, which was down on the docks there. That was really cool. And I ate some awesome breakfast at Dr. Shakshuka. What is that? Right.
1: It's lovely. It's a tomato base with pretty much like a fried egg. I
0: yeah. prefer
1: it runny. It has some different vegetables. You can have it spicy or non-spicy. It sounds a bit weird. The first time I ever tried it, I thought I, I didn't really get the concept. Tomato base and then egg.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was very confused by the, the ingredients. And um, when people were telling me I needed to try it, I was like, I don't really get it. But
1: <laughs> no, it comes together. It comes together really well. Also very easy to make. And it's vegetarian for all the vegetarians out there. That helps. Yeah, exactly. Give us a little insight on your
0: Tel Aviv, because like I said, my Tel Aviv was a little bit lackluster because of Passover.
1: I spent maybe two weeks there before I went to Jerusalem. I was staying in my, my friend's apartment right on the beach, which was really nice. Did you notice that everyone takes the little scooters?
0: Yeah, the, just to oh, get honestly, the Lime scooters, I'd never seen them in my life until I got to Israel, and I swear there was more Lime scooters in Tel Aviv than there is anywhere else in the world.
1: The lime are the, are the like you pay with your phone. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You scan it. There's limes everywhere. In general, Tel Aviv is a very open place. It's completely different to Jerusalem and the aspect that they're open-minded. You, you can be gay, you can be straight, you can be an elephant, whatever you want to be.
0: Very modern.
1: Yeah, very modern. Lighthouse like bar. Party. Did you hit that? I actually DJed there.
0: How long were you DJing yeah. there for?
1: I only played there one time. I had a bit of a kerfuffle. It's an absolutely packed bar. Everything was going good, maybe 45 minutes in of my hour. Played a nice drop and I started jumping. All of a sudden, my DJ set fell off the table in front of at least five, 600 people and the music cut off in the whole club. That was probably one of the most embarrassing things that, that has ever happened to me.
0: Oh, no.
1: But I shook it off. It took me like two minutes, but it was two of the longest minutes, just absolute silence in the club.
0: <laughs> uh, if anyone's so, ever met Zeke on the boat party uh, from Blanco back <coughs> in the day on PP Island, um, you can definitely see that happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was something. There's also another club right next to Lighthouse called Shalvata. Yep. It's right on the beach. So I played there maybe five or six times. It's the same deal. It's a really, really nice club, all outside. And they're right next to each other. So those are the two main clubs you're going to want to go to yeah. if you're around. We also saw Steve Aoki at some other place. But yeah, so you have you can have very, very big artists coming in. Yeah. And then there's another club called The Block, which is right under the bus station in Tel Aviv it's like proper techno tech house.
0: It's pretty big out there, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's a huge area and you can find all the food. If you don't want to eat kosher, if you want like comfort food from home, you can definitely find that. Yeah, it's
0: it's basically, it's the party place, you know, where everyone seems to be a bit more fluid, would you say? Yeah,
1: fluid is a good word.
0: It's super chill in terms of life in general. Yeah. You'll find a bit more youth out there.
1: It is a lot more expensive than majority of the other places you'll
0: go to. I definitely found that as well. From Tel Aviv, I made my way down south. I went down to Eilat.
1: Some of the best
0: diving you'll get in the world is in the Red Sea. And if you haven't got a chance to dive out of Egypt, Eilat is a great place to do it out of Israel. It's also a good little holiday scene out there as well.
1: I spent a weekend there. Yeah. Really cool. They had some sort of PsyChance festival. Oh, no, no, it was a beer festival. All the local breweries from around the country, then obviously big names like Carlsberg, uh, Gold Star. All came down to Eilat. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's and
1: cool. And then we went to an ice bar. That was interesting. Going from very hot weather into ice cold, wearing a jacket. Yeah. Down south, it's hot, but the rest of the places can get very cold.
0: Yeah. I was freezing in Jerusalem. Like I was freezing freezing
1: oh, it's it gets ice cold over it was there
0: ice wind chill just over me so it was really really cold and then a couple of days later i was down in Elat, and i was hot diving you know living the dream
1: they say that you can go from heat to snow in one day in israel
0: that doesn't surprise me having seen what jerusalem had to offer Yeah, Ilat's famous for its beach and a big kite surfing scene down there as well. But the diving, yeah, if divers want to get down there, that's definitely worth checking out. You can also cross the border. You never used to be able to, but you can cross the border into Jordan from Ilat now. They used to stamp your passport. But once you'd gone into Israel, you weren't allowed to go into Jordan, Lebanon, I believe as well, Malaysia, all these different Muslim countries you weren't allowed to go to. They then stopped stamping passports and they give you this ticket. They then take that ticket out when you leave the country. So that way there's no evidence of you having been in Israel. So you can actually now cross the border in Jordan and Jordan are accepting of people through that land border now as well, which is really cool because it's right next to Wadi Rum, but that's another episode. But yeah, I thought it was a really cool place in general. lot, very chill, super relaxed.
1: If you have the time to go down there, it's definitely worth a trip.
0: Yeah. You can do a day trip to the Dead Sea. You can access it from Israel or you can access it from Jordan. I actually accessed it from Jordan. Definitely do it because it's very unique. It kind of feels like you're in' it's it pretty much is like zero gravity, you know if you're not perfect vertical, it just shoot your legs up and My biggest recommendation is to not put your face in it because it really hurts a lot
1: <laughs> yeah and you have if you have any cuts, don't go anywhere near that water
0: yeah to wrap it up a little bit, I was really, really impressed by Israel. I went out there with little to no expectation of what to expect, so I just went out there with an open mind, an open slate with no sort of background to it and I was very very impressed by it more impressed than I expected to be the people were a lot politer than I was expecting I've noticed that a lot of Israelis tend to hang out together and only do their own thing when they're outside of Israel but having gone into Israel it was good to meet some people that were excited to meet and talk and, and get an understanding they're
1: very friendly people they're just I think they're just used to being around their own people especially a lot of them that you'll meet traveling they're just coming out of the army and they're traveling with their friends. So they've been through a lot of bullshit before then. so they, you know, they got to open up.
0: Yeah, a bit. no, I, I definitely agree. That pretty much wraps it up, I think. Before I let you go though, bro, I want to get a little bit of a lowdown on you. First up, your top three things on your bucket list to go and check out when you get a chance.
1: I'd have to say India is one of the top places I want to go to, especially Goa.
0: Dude, you'd love for,
1: India. For the music scene, obviously. That's, that's a big one bolivia i've been in peru and i've been so close to the salt flats but didn't have a chance to make that so i think that would be number two on there and then probably berghain i just want to go to berghain in germany
0: <laughs>
1: of course you do. that's that dream right there
0: yeah <laughs> that's a unique one i like that I've, I've not been i've got friends that have been sounds like a rager all right man well thanks for coming along we're going to tune yeah, in sure. for another episode for you uh, in the future because there's a lot to learn about the man that is behind the theme song of this episode. Uh, thanks again for joining us.
1: Nice to speak to you again. I'll talk to you soon.
0: And, of course, for everyone at home, don't hesitate to shoot us a message or follow us on Instagram at NomadCoops. Until next time, have a fantastic week from us at the Itchy Feet Podcast.